There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul. It is another Friday. Can't believe that Baruch Hashem, it's already one week before Rosh Hashanah. This is the ultimate Shabbos of the year, Tav Shempei, the final Shabbos. And of course, we know that the final Shabbos can be the makeup for all of the Shabbos's of the entire, of the entire year in the same way, Lahabdil, you know, sometimes the encore of the, of the performance is the best number of the whole, of the whole performance. So to the last Shabbos this is our last opportunity to really show our Baruch Hu how much we love Shabbos, how dear Shabbos does, and how we really want to make an effort to make every Shabbos in our life so, so special. If we do it well this week, it's something that can carry forward for, for forever. Anyway, a very, very warm welcome to our entire radio family. Thank you for taking the time on a Friday afternoon. Well, it must be a very busy Friday afternoon. It's ready this week. We're getting busy. There's stuff going on. Yontif is coming. There's lots and lots to do. But to take your time out and listen to your radio or computer, wherever you are, you are focused, and spend a few minutes with us is something we so appreciate. And I hope, and I doubt it, that we can make the investment of, of your time, something worthwhile. Maybe we'll learn something together. Maybe we'll take something out of this that we can use, that we can kind of use to fire our own booster rockets and get us going as, as we get ready for, for the Yom, for the Yom, the Yom Hadin. And of course, this week's parsha talks about Kikoroi Velecho Hadova Mo'oids Beficho Bovavcha it says that tshuva is very, very close. Two, two, two explanations. Some say this pasuk is talking about the learning of Torah, but many say it's talking about the mitzvah of tshuva. Tshuva is very, very close to you. Beficha, it's in your mouth. Ubelvavcha, it's in your heart. it's right there. Now, before that, the Torah says loy bashomayimhi. It's not in heaven. You don't have to climb up to the heaven to do tshuva. You don't have to take an intercontinental flight and go across overseas to do tshuva. No, it's right here. It's right. It's right near to us. So Rav Leib Chasman asks two questions. Number one, it's such a funny way of speaking. It's not so far away. Someone asks you, uh, excuse me, uh, where's the nearest uh, supermarket? Oh, the nearest supermarket. Oh, it's not a thousand kilometers away. It's not even 500 kilometers away. Uh, it's around the corner. It sounds, it sounds like a very funny way of, of addressing, of addressing uh, an issue. Secondly, how do we say that that shuva is something that's so, that's so close, that's so close to us? Is it really that easy to do, to do tshuva? Let's take it one step further even. There's an amazing medrash on, on, on these, on these psukim. The medrash is in, in Devarim Rabbah on this week's Pasha. And it says, 
the, the Rabbanon told us seven pieces of advice about the lazy person. Seven comments on the lazy person. And Moshe Rabbeinu made one comment that's even better than all of what the, the Chacham said. Ketai, what are we talking about? So the Major says, they went over to a lazy person and they said, lazy man, your Rebbe is, is here in, in, in the city. Go learn some Torah with him. The lazy person answers, says, what? No, I'm afraid that maybe on, on the way across the city, there's a lion there that will, that will attack me. Can't go. And he quotes a post in Mishlei. Omar, there's a lion on, on the road. So they say to him, lazy man, no, no, no. He's not just across the city. He's uh, in the next neighborhood. So go, go learn. So he says to him, no, I'm afraid. Maybe there's uh, there are lions in the streets. As the Pasuk says, Maybe there's lions in the streets. They say to him, lazy man, he's actually in the next door house. All you have to do is go next door and you can learn Torah. So he says to them, no, I'm worried. Maybe there's a lion outside. The Pasuk says, Omar Otzel, the lazy person, says, there's a lion outside. They say to him, lazy man, he's in your house. He's just upstairs in the, in, the, in the room there. So he says to him, and if I go there and his door's closed, I'm going to have to come all the way back. So he said to him, don't worry. The door is open. As the Pasuk says, Hadeles Tosav al The door is, is, is swiveled on its hinge. It's open. But where's the lazy person? The lazy person is in his bed. Right? So they said, they said to him, said, the door is open. Go. He says, you know, I'm tired. I want to sleep a little bit more. It says, Ad Mosai Otsal Tishka, Mr. Lazman, how long are you going to lie? I want to sleep. Finally in the morning he gets up and they give him some food to eat and he's too lazy to pick up the fork and move the food from his plate. To his mouth. Shnema, as it says, Toman Otsal Yoda he puts his hand into the plate. Nilo la Shiva El Piv. He can't even manage to move the fork from his from his plate to his to his mouth. That's the lazy person. Umash Omamoishu and Moisha said Hayogodal was even greater than this. How do we know? Says, Kikaroiv Eilecha Hadava Ma'oid. Chuvas close to you. You know how close it is? Lupicha. <laughs> you don't even have to move your hand from the plate to your mouth. It's already in your mouth. That's how easy it is. Hoitse Davam Toka. All you have to do is take it out of your, out of your mouth. Mashabenu is saying that Chuva is so easy. It's in your mouth. And the question is, how can you say that? Is it really that easy to do, to do tshuva? The, uh, 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 Fretzke Levenstein actually comments, he says, I don't understand, uh, 
we say that's in your heart and your mouth. Yes, on, on, with a ruler, they're not very far away from each other. But we know there's a great distance between the mouth and the heart. We can say things and if we're not convincing them, if we don't really want to do them, if the lave is not on fire to do something, you can say, how many times do we commit ourselves, do we say we're going to do things? And then it never happens because we don't really want it. We don't really want it to happen. It says of Chetzal, you have to keep saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it again until finally it makes some kind of an impression on, on, on you. But how do we understand it? What is Tshuva? So the reality is, says of Lev Chasman, every Yid has tremendous, tremendous, tremendous energy. Tremendous power to be Moise Nefesh. We have the power to move worlds. We have the power to change anything. Where do we get it from? It's, it's an inheritance. It's a, from us, to us, from our Ovasakadoshim, from our forefathers, from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, who paved the way in being able to accomplish whatever was needed, whatever the Rabbani Shalom needed them to do, they were able to do irrespective of how much of a challenge it was it was for them. The problem is all these tremendous, tremendous koichas are hidden quite deep inside us. They're embedded into us. But the problem is how do we access them? How do we draw them? How do we draw them out? The answer is have to make one very small step. We have to make one beginning. Open up. Make a teeny little advance. Make one small step that you want to make to try to improve yourself. Make, you know, it's one thing that you know that I want to move forward in this area. Rosh Hashanah is about moving forward, about doing more. And the moment we do that, the moment we begin to say, I want to do something, we unleash within us this tremendous, tremendous, tremendous power that every human being has, that every yid has. has. We are kulaytayv. We are all good. We can do anything we need to do. All we have to do is take the first, take the first step. It's not hard, right? You don't have to change our lives totally. Hashem doesn't expect us to go from being who we are to becoming the greatest static in the world. Hashem wants, meet me halfway. Do something. Make some kind of change in, in your life. A minor one. Something that you're going to commit to. Something that you can commit to and you can keep. That's what our Kodesh Baruch Hu wants us, wants us to do. And that's the mission of the Hashem. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9. Chai FM. Soul to Soul is the program. And this is, okay, you can say it yourselves. The greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. FM, Soul to Soul. We're back on your radio again. Thank you so much for joining us. 
as we always do at this time in the program, just to let you know the very important details of what you need to know for this Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh begins today. The latest time for getting candles lit is 5.41, 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. You get it. Don't wait. You can get it on already even before 10 to 5. You can already have your Shabbos candles lit and get it. Shabbos, the last Shabbos of the year. You don't want to waste time from it. You want to use and utilize every moment of that, of that, uh, of that Shabbos. But if you're running late, the latest time is 5.41. Shkia then is one minute before 6 o'clock. So if you want to daven Mayrev and make sure that you're not going to have to repeat the Krishna, if you wait till about 17 minutes past 6, you're good to go as they Say in the classics tomorrow is a double pasha. Pasha's Nitzavim and Vayedach. Don't get too frightened. The two of them together, uh, don't even make up the average length of one, of one pasha. I think it's in, in total 70, 70 pasukim, but packed, packed full of value, packed full of important, important messages that we need to hear in this week before, before, uh, uh before Rosh Hashanah. Uh, the Haftarah is, of course, the final one of the uh, Shiva de Nechemta, of the seven Haftarahs of comfort. Sais Asis Bashem. I will, I will uh, uh, celebrate and be joyful with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Togel Nafshi, my soul will rejoice with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's beautiful, beautiful uh, Haftarah. Uh, this Shabbos is the last week of Pirkei Yavis. So we're going to finish up and read Perik Hey. And Vav, and that will be the uh, finale of our cycles of Prakyavas that began the week after Pesach and end now the week before before Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 6.31. 6.31 is the Shabbos. And of course, tomorrow night, wait to Shabbos, many communities have the custom to begin saying Slichos at, uh, at midnight. Uh, thankfully, the the chief rabbi has uh, convinced the government to waive the the curfew at that time, so that people who want to uh, uh, attend midnight slichas can can do so. Otherwise, many shuls are doing it a bit earlier on on Sunday morning. And of course, this whole week is is the week of slichas. We'll be getting up early. We'll be spending a bit of extra time in 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 shul. And for those who are obviously not going to shul, still you can definitely say the slichas. At home, there are a few sections that you would need to, to, to skip those parts that are in Aramaic, one wouldn't say. And the, the Yud Gimomidus, the 13 attributes of Hashem's mercy. Either one shouldn't say it, or perhaps one can say it as if he's landing a posuk in the, in, in the Torah. But, uh, we will, we will, the Rabbanon, the, the Bezin is, is giving us direction how we can run our slichas, how we run Rosh Hashanah, even for those of us who are not going to go to shul, well, I think what's really, really important is whether or not we're going to be in shul or, or, or not. We have to, nevertheless, make the effort to make Rosh Hashanah a very, very special, very special day. You have to get up in the morning. You have to get dressed as, as you would if you were going to shul. Get dressed in special Shabbos or, or Yom Tov clothing. Try to find out what time, even if you're not going to shul, what time your minion will be davening and try to sort of fit in 
with their schedule, particularly as, as far as the, the Shachrit and Musaf Amidah is concerned, one should try, even if one isn't in shul, to try to uh, 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 coordinate and synchronize one's timing with the timing of, of the shul and to make it a real Rosh Hashanah, the Kiddush and, 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 and the special foods and, and the honey and those who have the custom to do all the various simonim. Let's do it. The fact that we can't go to shul doesn't mean that it's any less of, 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 a, of an impressive, uh, uh, slightly scary, but, but such an important day for us to really make the most of it, to take the opportunity to dive into Hashem, to pour out our hearts to Hashem and, and do whatever Rosh Hashanah is, 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 is meant to be for each, for each one, one, one of us. I want to share with you something that's a little bit, a little bit profound, I think, but I think it's a beautiful, beautiful idea, and, and, and particularly in terms of understanding a little bit about the, the shaifer and, 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 and what the shaifer does for, for us. The, the, uh, the, uh, in the, in the Yisaira Avoida, it, uh, it, it says that we know that there are special times. In, in the year, of course, every moment is a, is a moment that is, that is, that is precious, but of course, there, there are special moments that are especially, uh, 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 opportune to accomplish tremendous, tremendous things. That at those times, our, our, our tfilis or, or our service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is especially accepted before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even more than other, than other, uh, other times. There's certain moments where a person can be successful at that moment, even more than if he did the same action over several years, and just moments that are supercharged with with uh, with with ability, and and that is really uh, those those are secrets. Those are kavshi and Those are secrets of Hashem. We're told that Bilam knew a certain moment that he could uh, that he could curse Christ. So that there are tremendous tremendous moments. We know. Uh, 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 the the uh, the example of this is of course that famous Gemara in Avodah about Rabbi Eliezer ben Durdaya, who uh, his tshuva was was accepted at one moment that uh, that uh, and, and Rebbe and Rebbe cried and Rebbe said Yesh achas. Some people are able to acquire their Olam Haba in one moment. The Yesh become a shanim, and some people take several years because we know this Shabbat Lazben the Daya, after many many years of of being uh, not exactly an exemplary type of character, he had done very very serious averus his entire his entire life, and and because of that, maybe it wasn't even fitting that his that his tshuva should have been accepted at one moment, but he was zayche. That at one moment he was able to, to sort of zero in on, on Akarish Baruch and, and take advantage. And without that, maybe he would have had to, uh, wait several years to get, to accomplish what he accomplished in one, in one moment. And, and that's what Rebbe was, was crying about, that not everyone merits to know, to grab that one, that one moment. And that's why Dabin Melech Davins in, in Tehillim Lamed Beis, he says, that uh, every chassid should daven to Hakadosh Baruch Hu 
that we should find that moment where we can really, really accomplish, accomplish something. And, and that's what Chazal say, im loyachshav, If not now, when? Maybe this moment is, is that moment where Akashbok is particularly waiting and Akashbok is particularly open so that uh, we could, we could uh, uh, merit Tremendous, tremendous things that I would never be able to merit, uh, otherwise, even over a, a long, a long, uh, a long period. Now, we can we can follow along that that uh, that way. If we just, Mufashim ask a a question on that Gemara in in Avodah where it says that Rabbi Lozman Dadaya, it says the, the the language of the Gemara is. Uh, Rebbe, Rebbe cried by Oman, he said, Yesh koina olomoi bekamashonim. Some people takes them many years to acquire the, the purpose of their, of their being here. The Yesh koina olomoi besha'o achas. And some can do it sha'o in one hour. And, and Mufashim asked, why does Dafka use the word sha'o? It could have said rega. It said well, one moment, right? one moment of inspiration. Well, what's the expression of of a of, of a shah? So we know we read about in the book in the book of Shaftim about uh, Sisra, the great general uh, who uh, worked on behalf of Yovin, the king of Chatzor, and the Alshech. Uh, already, already says that when he was 36 years old, he captured the entire world. There wasn't a single, even, even city that, that, uh, that, who, the, where the walls of the city wouldn't fall down just to hear his voice. That, uh, that, uh, even, even, uh, uh, a, a, a wild animal that, uh, that if he would raise his voice, the animal would, would remain frozen in its in its place. In fact, the Yalkut, the Yalkut says that when uh, when Sisha wanted to go fishing, he would go, go take his, he'd put his whole body in in the in the in the in the river in the in the Kishain, and the fish would uh, get caught in his beard. And he would be able to supply fish for his whole, for his whole army. And the major says even, even, even more than that. It says on, on the Pasuk, Madu'a Why was his, uh, uh, chariot late? That he says every day he would go to war, but he would come home. By the third or fourth hour of the day, he would already, he would already come home. And this time, when he was fighting Kaiso, Boishesh, he already came the sixth hour of, of the day and he didn't, and he didn't come. And it was usually in a very couple of hours he was able to be victorious in all of his, all of his, uh, all of his wards. And in opposition to him stood Devoira the Navia, that she was one of the seven great female prophetesses who stood for Klaiso and her husband, Barak ben Avinayim, who Gemara says was an Amaretz, and Devorah said to him, since anyway you're not learning Torah, how are you going to get Torah Mahabah if you aren't learning Torah? So she suggested him 
that she would make wicks and he would bring some oil and he would go and all over you shall, uh, all over the, uh, all over the place and go to all the Batemidrashas and all the shuls and he would light the, the wicks and the oil and people would be able to learn Torah by, by his, by his light. That's why he was called Barak because his, his face was, uh, was, 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 was alight with the fires he was creating. And because of this, Devoira, uh, uh, merited to be Devoira Anaviyah, to be the great judge of the Jewish, of the Jewish, uh, of the Jewish nation. And when it came time for this war against, uh, against Israel, so we know that uh, the, sh- the, the war took place in Shemayim, Shemayim, they were fighting against Sitra until it says, the whole camp of Sisha died by the sword. There was only one person led and, and Sisha had to, to flee. And, uh, and since he was, uh, uh, there was a, a, a peace, a pact between Yavin and Hebrakeni. So therefore she came to the tent of Hebrakeni and Yael, who was the wife of Hebrakeni. And we know she went out to meet him and she suggested that he come inside into her into her tent and he came in and she covered him with a blanket and he asked her if he could have some water because it was Thursday she gave him milk in order to make him sleepy until he fell fell asleep and then that was the moment she was waiting for she took the Yateda oil she took the the uh the stave of the of the tent and uh, buried it deep into his forehead and and he and he died and then Devorah sang her special shira we know of thanks to Hakadosh Baruch on the tremendous uh, 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 victory and that she was able to guard Klai Yisrael from from the inevitable right uh, from the uh, from the inevitable encounter with. With sister, and it says there that uh, famous pasuk, sister sings that from the window. Uh, 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 she, she was looking, and she was sister. The mother of of sister was was crying, was sobbing. Why is this chariot late? Why can't I hear the, the, the clang clang of his, of his chariot? The mother of Sisra standing by the window and she's waiting expectantly that her son Sisra is going to come home. He always comes home after a couple of hours and now it's already the sixth hour and he's not there and she's, and she's crying. And, and the Gemara in, in Masechus Rosh Hashanah learns from this, from the word Vatiyabeb, that we learn from her the Indian of Tzikiyah Shaifer. That the Torah says, Yom Teruah Yelachem. It should be a day of Teruah. What's a Teruah? So the Unklos Metag, uh, uh, the Unklos explains what is, uh, 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 Teruah And, and we learn from this word Vatiyabeb, Em Sisha, we learn the halacha that a trua is a yavava, a broken, sobbing sound. And Chazal argues this, what we call it, a shvarim, or what we call a, a, a trua. Paisa says in, in Rosh Hashanah, 
that named the Aruch, that therefore we have to be careful on Rosh Hashanah to blow a hundred sounds of the Shreifer because that corresponds to the hundred sobs of the mother of, of, a, of, of a sister. In other words, sister's mother cried out a hundred times and in order to correspond to that or maybe perhaps to negate that, we have to blow a hundred sounds on 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 Rosh Hashanah. It's a little bit difficult. What's the connection between sister, between the sister and sister's mother, and the and the and the blowing of the uh, of 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 the shofar? So we have to go. We have to learn a a a a little bit of Rav Tzadik Hakohen. Rav Tzadik Hakohen says that. It says by Yah that she covered him with a, a blanket and it says and that, and that and that obviously is is on the simple level that she did it to cover up to hide to hide the sister so she covered him with a with a, a, a blanket. However the, the Benishai already in in uh, in, in Ben Yahayada on uh, Yavomis reveals to us that there's something much much a deeper secret going on here. And he says, he says, he brings from another sefer that there is a a concept of evil that is which is the same letters as the word smicha, which whose gematria is 375 and the this is a, a, a powerful thing that is able to negate all types of evil. The greatest evil in the world is Sistra. Sistra, whose gematria is 331. This is the, 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 the essence, the essential power of evil was embedded in, in, in Sistra. And and when Yael covers him with this blanket, with this smicha, that is the shema kodesh that's able to cancel out, that's able to to negate all those evil evil powers. So what was what was Sister's mother crying about? So you have to understand we're not talking about normal everyday people. Sister himself was something that was someone that had in him a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous ability. The Gemara says in several places, uh, in Horius, it says, Mibne Bonov shall Sisra, from the descendants of Sisra, Lamdu Taira Yerushalayim. They learned, they taught Taira in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in Yerushalayim. There was something great that was to come out of, of Sisra. Who was that person that was to come out of Sisra? It was the great Rabbi Akiva himself. Was, was a descendant of, of Sisra. Sisra and Sister's mother had within them this 
tremendous, tremendous nekuda, this tremendous point of Kedushan. He, she could have been the Imashamalchas, the mother of the greatest dynasty of Torah. Rabbi Akiva, we know, was the one who promulgated and spread and taught Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral Torah to the whole world. After all his Talmudim died, it was through him that Torah was channeled through his five Talmudim to, to the world. The Torah we have today is the Torah of Rabbi Akiva. And where did it begin? It could have begun through Sisra. But because he was the incarnate of evil, he could not be the one to to produce that child. And it was Yael who, using the smicha, using this holy name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, took that nekuda of greatness from him and it was channeled through another way. But to Yabeveim's sister, sister's mother was crying because the greatest opportunity that she had had and she had hoped for that her son will be able that through her and her children she will be able to produce this Rabbi Akiva was lost. That opportunity was was gone, was squandered. The Shafer is an Esrotzen. The blowing of the Shafer is an amazing, amazing moment. It's a a moment. It's a show. It's a time where we can accomplish anything if we focus on it. We cannot miss that moment. Ben Ishchai says that what's the minimum size of a shofar? It has to be big enough that it's, it's, you can see it from this side and from that side. It says if you take the word shofar and you move one letter earlier of all the letters so the shin becomes a resh, the vav becomes a hay, the pay becomes an ayin, and the resh becomes a kuf, it equals 375 shah. The shofar is an amazing, amazing moment in our lives. We can focus on it. We can achieve whatever we want in change, in greatness in that moment. We only have one day of it this year, especially. We need to grab it and use it for all of its worth. This is one of 1.9 High FM Souls for Soul. We'll be back in a moment. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. One hundred one point nine Chai FM, soul to soul, on a Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Nitzavim, Vayelach, the last Shabbos of the year. We're back on your radio for our final segment. We are still learning the laws of Cholamayin, Abba'aleinu, Nitzavim. And we're talking about the concept of laundering, of wash, washing clothes on on Cholamayin. Uh, and it's one of the areas that... Uh, is not as simple as people would like to think. We know that it's a mitzvah to clean one's clothing in preparation for for the yomtiv. And in order that people shouldn't again wait to do things until Cholmoy when they have time, Chazal forbade cleaning of clothing on Cholmoy. In other words, in spite of the fact 
that looking at the general principles of Malacha, it should have been allowed to wash clothing on Chalamoyed if you need them for Yom Tov, because it's A, it's a Malacha that is not professional. Two, it's necessary for, for Yom Tov. So it's two reasons to make it mutter, but nevertheless, the Chachamim made it forbidden. Why? Because we don't, they didn't want people pushing off the laundering until Cholomoyed, where we, we're not going to work, and there's more, and there's more time, and we'll kind of waste the whole Yontif away doing our, our laundry and getting rid of all of our, our dirty clothes. More in, in, in Mori Cotton, and Shokhan Aruch says so also. And therefore, one is not allowed to clean one's shirts or, or trousers or, or dresses or skirts or suits and anything along those lines. Only uh, children's clothing, which constantly get dirty, or very, very young uh, babies or, or small children where they're getting uh, dirty all the time. And even if you did clean them before Yom Tov, they're going to get dirty again. You're going to have a whole full hamper full of dirty clothes by the time even the first days of Yom Tov are over. There you'll be allowed to uh, do laundry in order that they should have what to wear on on uh, on Yom Tov, as we'll see in, in a moment also. But uh, but otherwise, no. And and. People really, you know, Baruch Shem, we live in a world where, you know, we'll talk about what happens if you have only one thing to wear. Baruch Shem, we live in a world where people have plenty to wear. There's no reason why a person can't, uh, even for sukkahs, have whatever you need, nine shirts, right, one for every day, and, and that should be sufficient. So you shouldn't have to wash those kind of things during, during, uh, during Cholomite. Right? Um, so by, so we said, so by children's clothing, right, even if you did clean them before, you're right, they'll be, so that's, that, that's fine. Now, if you have a, a garment with a stain on it, so, let's say, we're talking about adult clothing, right, so if you have a stain on, on a, on, on a, uh, on a garment, so you're allowed to remove it using water and even, and even detergent. Why? Because, uh, uh, the, the removing of a stain is not part of the Gezerah of, of Chazal, but so long as there's still, the rest of the garment is, is clean, it's better to, uh, uh, if you can sort of still wear it without cleaning it, even better, but you're allowed to remove the, the, uh, the, 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 the stain. There's lots of areas of the garment that has become stained. Then, of course, you could uh, clean it so that you can wear it on Chalmoid or on the, on the Yontif itself. Chazal went further, let's say a person only has one garment, so then Chazal allowed him to wear that, to, to, to launder that garment on Chalmoid, because even if you did wash it before Yontif, so Mustama, it will get dirty again during the course of seven, eight, nine days of, of Yontif. And Chazal didn't want to make such a gazette that a person should have to walk around with dirty clothing on, on Cholmoyed. So therefore, if you person, theoretically, would only have one shirt to wear, uh, for the whole Yontif, and that shirt became dirty, or a woman has only one, one dress, one outfit 
to wear and they became dirty, you'd be allowed then to, to launder it. And it should be done also, uh, but sneezes should be done, uh, privately, not, not in any kind of public way. In other words, uh, you can, you can use it. You can, uh, do it in your, on your, on your, in your washing machine, uh, and, and not to hang it somewhere where it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, seen. But the moment a person has already two garments that they could wear, even if they do get dirty and, and it's slightly, uh, 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 painful, quite embarrassing even to wear them, Chazal did not allow you to clean them on Yontif because uh, 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 Chazal felt that two garments already should be enough to manage for the whole the whole Yontif. And even when one of them is not as nice as the other, still it's considered as if he has two clothing to wear and you cannot wash them on, on Chalamoy. Similarly, if a person has a, a whole outfit, and let's say, uh, let's say has a dress and then a skirt and a and a top, so that's considered two different outfits. And even though if both of them became a little bit dirty, you're not allowed to launder them. You have to wear them as as they are. If you only have one beged, let's say for Shabbos and for Yontiv and and one for weekday. So if you normally would never wear the weekday garment on Shabbos, so then it's only one, then it's considered you have only have one garment for one Shabbos garment, and then you'd be allowed to clean it on, uh, on, on, on Chalmai if it became, if it became, uh, a, a dirty. But if you would go out with that weekday garment on, on Shabbos also, then already it's considered as if you have as if you had, uh, at two. If your, all your clothing is so dirty that you'd rather stay home than go out on Yontif with such, with such clothes, so then you'd be allowed to wash one outfit so that you shouldn't have to stay locked up in your, in your house the whole Yontif. I mean, you already said that ironing on, on, uh, on, 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 on is, is permitted. That's a domestic, uh, non-skilled, uh, uh, trait. And one is allowed to, one is allowed to do it. So again, so we said that things that normally would get clothing would, would get dirty, right? The kids, kids clothing, babies clothing, kids clothing, one's allowed to wash on, on, on Chalmoid because the Chazal were the only made the Gezerah to stop us from, uh, not doing washing before Yom Tov and, and doing it on Chalmoid. But in this situation, where, where even if you did wash all the clothes before, before Chalmoy, they're gonna get dirty, uh, uh, again. That Chazal never made a, uh, a, 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 and that you don't even have to do in, in private, because everyone knows that you're allowed to clothe, that you're allowed to uh, launder children's, children's, uh, clothing, right? Obviously, you have to make sure that your washing basket is empty before you want that you've washed everything, and only what you used on, on Yontem, and there's no more clean clothing left, then you'd be allowed to, uh, uh, wash whatever you need for the rest of, uh, of, uh, of Yontem. And if there's nothing left at all for Yontem, so then you could, uh, you could, you can, uh, uh, do laundry, even though you might have, if, if all of this Shabbos clothing 
the things here, the outfits he wears on Shabbos are all dirty, even if there are sort of weekday ones left, you're certainly allowed to wash them, so he'll have something nice to wear for the last days of, uh, of, uh, of Yontif. Now, and you cannot, uh, uh, sort of add to the machine. You know, the machine's half full. I'll throw in some things that I need only for weekday after Yontif, right? Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't do all the laundry before Yontif, you can't fill up your load with other things that you, uh, that you don't need. Many of the Paiskim are, are, are very strict that you should not really, unless in the situation necessary, one should not do laundry at all on, on Chol Amoy, because it looks like you're pushing off what you need to do until, until Chol Amoy. Practically speaking, obviously we're not going to make kids suffer, and, and one certainly could wash, uh, uh, uh their, 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 clo- their clothing, right? Even if, let's say, you didn't wash them before Yontabedyevet, you could wash them, you could wash them, uh, all, but if there are, uh, 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 you know, even older children, let's say they're already nine or ten years old, but their clothing are always getting, uh, uh dirty, one could wash them, uh, uh, towels and things like that, that if you normally change towels every day or two, or two days, or tablecloths that are always getting dirty, if they're all dirty, you're allowed to wash those that you need for for Yontif. The same would be with underwear, with with uh, socks, right? Uh, 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 which you normally change every single day because they they attract sweat. So uh, once you've used up all the clean clothing, you'll be allowed to wash those also on on Cholamay. That's about all the time we have this week. Just take the time to wish you all a wonderful Shabbos. Be'ezed Hashem, we hope to have a show, uh, for next, for next Friday, and which will then wish you all the appropriate wishes. If someone's not going to be next Friday, then we really take the opportunity to wish you a beautiful gebenched year for you and the entire family. But in the meantime, we wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. The last Shabbos of the year, let's make it the most special, let's make it the most beautiful, let's make it the most perfect we can. Thank you for being us, thank you for listening, and to each and every one of our radio family, a good Shabbos.